My biggest fear would be when the first comes and I don't get the rent. I found that my tenant had dumped concrete down my toilet. Can you believe Fair Housing fined me $5,000 for that? How do you onboard your tenants? What do you do? I don't even know if I do it right. If you're a landlord, don't just rent, rent perfect. The Rent Perfect Podcast with property expert and private investigator, David Pickron. Well, it is that time again. The podcasts keep coming. I have Scott Aubrey with me today. Scott, love having you. Thanks for I being, love being here. Thanks. You know, dude. you've been on a lot of recent podcasts. I just uh, want to thank you for your time and your knowledge. And I think um, I think they've been really good. And that's why yeah. I keep inviting you back. So I love it. Appreciate that. Uh, Scott Aubrey here, Vice President of Rent Perfect, um, here with you today. We're going to talk a little bit about I don't know surfing. Surfing, yeah. It's about surfing. How yeah. do what what in the yeah. heck does Rent Perfect Surfing crazy? But before yeah. we do that, yes. Subscribe, push the button below. Uh, we're sending out weekly podcasts. You need to hear what we have to say as this world is changing. We're gonna talk about investing today and what we're gonna look like later in twenty twenty one, but we're gonna kinda, you know, have some fun with it yeah. and kinda weave it in between surfing. Now are yeah. you a big surfer, Scott? Not a big surfer. Kay. Love the ocean, love the beach. <laughs> My wife's, as you know, my wife's uh, license plate is Sandy Toes. Okay. Because she loves having her sand in the toes at the beach. And so I do spend a fair amount of time at the beach. We va- typically vacation at the beach. And so over the years, uh, you know, I love, I love the ocean. I love watching. And I, I do a little bit of boogie boarding or bodyboarding, whatever it is. I'm not very good. But I love watching surfing. So I, I do too. I'll, I'll yeah. sit on the beach and I'll see all these guys sitting over and some are in a little. And I don't know, are you just visiting? Right. And other guys are getting serious. And, right. Do we get and sandwiches? It's, it's yeah. like a whole science out uh-huh. there of what they're doing. Yeah, it's crazy. And so though I don't get on the, the surfboard, I actually love watching it. Yeah. And I, I, watch it on, I watch it on TV. And my son lived in Hawaii for a number of years. So I did have the, the, the privilege of sitting at North Shore uh, during, you know, during some of these winter swells where guys are surfing pipeline and it's 15, 20 foot waves. Um, but I, 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 as I watch surfing, I, I question, I'm like, okay, cause what, yeah, you're there. Sometimes there's 30 guys in the water, but there seems like there's only three guys catching waves. Right. Right. And I wonder why are those three guys, the ones catching waves and why, what do they do that's different? And if I went out there and I joined them, they'd all get mad at me because I'd get in their way. Yep. Right. Yep. I, I, I wouldn't know the way they're all working together out there. And I, they would all know. Junior on the surfboard, <laughs> right there. Get out of here. Yeah, go down that that beach is down the ways a bit. Yeah. this no, is where no. the pros. There's a learner beach is a <laughs> mile that way, right? So, but I, I'm a I'm a learner by nature. I love researching things, and so, uh, and I love I love learning and applying things to different parts of my life, right? So, as I looked at surfing, I went back and and I'm kind of dorky, but I went back and I said, okay, what is a pro teacher, professional surfing teacher? What does he say to a new guy? And the number one thing that they teach is positioning. Okay. So as I again, as I watch uh, guys at the beach, I'm like, okay, you know, there's a mile long shore or a mile long break of waves there. Why are all the guys clustered in this right. maybe 50 foot area? It's positioning. They understand where that wave's coming, how the how the topography is under the ground and or under the waves, and and where that wave's going to build and break. So interesting. And then they also talk about uh, the secondly second uh, thing that pro teachers talk about is paddling positively. And I had to kind of dig into that one. What does that mean? And they say, don't tentatively go for, a, to go for a wave. Once you see a wave, you go for it. You paddle as hard as you can. You get in that wave. Because if you're not, if you've been in the ocean, if you don't paddle hard enough, that wave rolls right underneath you and you're on the backside of it. Then you've got to turn around and exercise to get back to where the waves are breaking again. So as we look at that and, and talk about investing, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you, Eric. I'm actually gonna question you on a couple of things and 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 kind of talk about as we look at 2021 and look ahead. So as we talk about uh, surfing and investing together, so a pro selects a wave by by instinct sometimes, right? So tell uh-huh. me what your instincts are telling you about 2021 as we look ahead. Well, first of all, positioning um, I believe is knowledge. Okay. And and why is it that I'll go out there and actually a wave catches me? Instead of I catch a wave, right? How many times have you been out there on a boogie board and you were too late and the surf came down on you or you were too early and it just didn't break and you almost sit there until the wave catches you? Right. In the investing world, it's going to be very rare that an investment catches you. Now, it can, and I've had people call me up and and introduce me to investments that I wasn't looking for, um, you know. And, and that's worked for me. But most of the time, I've had to put myself in a position to know what is going on and where the markets are going. And a lot of that is just flat knowledge. It's reading. It's going to local meetings. It's having conversations with people. You need to understand what the big boys are doing and what the little boys are doing. You know, you need to understand where people are moving Populations are growing mm-hmm. versus populations, you know, are declining. All of those, all that data puts you in a great position. Now, you asked me where are we going in 2021, and I would say, well, I don't have enough information in every single area of the U.S. to tell you what you should do in each of those areas because it would be like t- asking a surfer what wave would you catch in Atlanta, you know, in Georgia. Yeah. Right. You know, or in New York, you know, you almost have to be regionally or, or, or locally located and know the area um, to, to make a broad swath. But this is what I do know, that population is going up in Florida. Population is going up in Texas. Population is going up in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, they added house seats, meaning the census came in and a lot of these areas that are losing population and house seats. I don't think that in general, now this is a general comment, I don't think I'd want to catch waves up there. Now, is there good investments up there? There probably is, because anytime people move, there might be investments, but it's hard for me to tell somebody on a, on a general podcast across the United States, yeah, go invest, you know, in California that just lost a seat, a house mm-hmm. seat, you know. Yeah. Go in, I don't know those areas well enough, so I would say get in a smaller area and really study that area to see if that is a good one to invest in. Yeah. And work with the local RIA or, or right. investment group and kind of, yeah. Right. When I go, if I go to a new place, I'm always going to be like, if I'm going, if I was going to go to a new beach, I'd be like, hey, I'd go to the local guy and go, where's the good beach at? Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. would go down to say, you know, Rosarito, Mexico on the Pacific Ocean, you'd walk into the surf shop mm-hmm. and you'd say, hey, bro. <laughs> you know, right? where's the best surfing beaches? And they would tell you it's K58 down here. Now, if you're kind of a beginner, you want to go to K98 down the way. And, and they have it all mapped out. Yeah. There's no reason that you should have to go drive those beaches and look at those waves. Why don't you just take advantage of research, other investors, get to know what they're doing, and then just follow it. Yeah, that expertise, right? that's harder. Exactly. So. What uh, are there certain things that you visually? I know surfers look at they they visually watch those waves come in. So, are there certain things that you're seeing, uh, kind of in a na- nationwide market that you're that you visually see? This is what's changing. and This is what's happening. 
Well, I mean, obviously, when we talk about investing, a lot of us assume that it is always real estate and that most places um, are having a housing shortage right now. Um, I'm looking at the price of lumber and the price of steel going up. Mm-hmm. And here in Arizona, we were at about 185, 190 a foot. We shot to 235 foot overnight because of the building costs that came out. Housing is getting super expensive. And it's taking a lot of investors out of buying uh, homes because if it's not their second home or they don't you know, have, have unique financing, they have to put 25% down. And you're looking at a 1,500 square foot home, buying it for $400,000. you got to put $120,000 cash down to buy that home. So it's taking out a lot of smaller investors right now. And a lot of the big boys, when I say big boys, I'm talking about hedge funds that are sitting on billions and billions of dollars. Well, how much interest is the bank paying you right now? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. (laughs) Their whole goal as a hedge fund is to make money for Mm -hmm. their investors. You give them money, they give you more money back. They cannot sit on money, right? And so they're coming out and buying, like two weeks ago in Phoenix, they bought 500 single-family homes in Phoenix. And um, what is that going to do to small investors who just get 500 homes taken from us that now is out of kind of our pool? Right. In a market that already has a low inventory, this big group comes in and swallows up. Right, right. Yeah, it, it obliterates. Because the if you find a little sweet spot in your investment world, whether it's fixing up, you know, I had um, Tim Abner on a little while ago and he talked about fixing up mobile homes, mm-hmm. you know. I've never been in that market, right? Or you go and you start playing with some VRBOs in a certain area and you start hitting it pretty good and you start getting a really good return on your investment. Who do you think's watching you? Yeah, the big boys. Big boys are saying, yeah, okay, yeah. he's doing this one, two, three, five. What if I did this 1,000, 5,000, 10,000? Those hedge funds are buying up dental offices, physical therapy offices. They're buying up everything because, Scott, I look at it this way. You played Monopoly. Yeah. Right? The game yeah. of Monopoly in America has been going on for a while. There are people that have passed go, collected 200, and sitting on stacks and stacks of $500 bills that are doing them no good unless they buy, mm-hmm. right? So they're even like, well, okay, a lot of the property's gone. Let's buy dentist office. And let's buy medical. I mean, it is crazy how much money the top guys have. And so I'm telling you, you know, in your positioning and in your knowledge, if you find an investment that you think is going to work, you got to now go for it because you don't have a whole lot of time to sit on the sidelines and say, oh, is that good? Is that? I used to do that. I bought a home 10 years ago. I remember it was like $86 a foot. Right? I mean, we all have the stories where, yeah. man, I should have bought like 100, 100 of those. Of those yeah. you know? <laughs> so, and I'm sitting at a local RIA as RIA. And um, Alan Langston is on stage, and he's like, if you can buy a home in the $80 a foot right now, buy it. And I've been playing with that for a week or two or three, and I finally, from there, bought that home. Um, that home is now 235 a foot about 10 years later. I say that because we used to be able to have enough inventory or enough investments out there that we could kind of not really rush into something. Mm-hmm. But there's because these big guys have so much money and they're coming in with cash. If you see something that can make you money, you've got to probably move quicker than you used to. And and I think one of the things you talked about surfing was yeah. getting to that wave like yeah, P- paddling positively, paddling getting, yeah. positively. Yep. You need to now 
you know, move quicker than you used to move. And so that means you have to have a funding source, right? Because mm-hmm. the first thing I think of is when I buy home is, okay, where am I going to get the money? How am I going to put this deal together? Because this guy's coming in with an offer of cash and he's going to close in two weeks. Well, I need 45 days and I'm, I'm going to get yeah. smoked on that whole investment yep, you're by, left by behind, one of these yeah. guys. And so you really need to get nimble and you need to be able to operate a little bit quicker than we used to. Yep, that wave will roll right past you, right? Yep. What I love, um, you know, one of these one of these surfing coaches I read, kind of the results, he says, well, the results of if you follow my course, if you do the things I do, he says, number one, you're going to get the best waves. Number two, fewer wipeouts. Number three, less tiring. And number four, I think this is, all of us want this, more fun. More fun. So as we apply that to the to the investing game, Get the best waves, right? Yes, we're, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to get that best, the best homes that are out there or the best ones that fit us. Fewer wipeouts. I think every investor wants fewer wipeouts. Right. No wipeouts, right? Uh, they want to be less tiring. We, we, have a, we have a lazy landlord series we're getting ready to launch, so right. kind of a teaser for everybody to start looking for that. Um, and then, obviously, more fun. But, you know, it's interesting. We're talking about investing on this podcast, mm-hmm. but you can roll this right over to being a landlord and, and what I call investing into your second investment, which is your people, right? right. So you want to have better people, mm-hmm. less wipeouts, right? Yeah. So once you, you get that piece of property, and if it's a long-term hold investment, we're talking about jet investments in general, um, in order to hold that to get the appreciation, we have to put people in there. And so let's talk about investments. Let's talk about moving quickly on the investment side of times, but let's slow down and make sure we put the right people in it. So... When we talk about moving quickly nowadays as investors, that's for the invest. That's purchasing. Yeah, that's the property the side. The property side. Yeah, not the person side. Let's not get in a hurry over on finding the people that um, are going to rent the place because what you're going to find is you're going to find a major housing shortage because those hedge funds that are buying the 500 at a time are only going to hold those homes for two or three years. They're going to sell those homes at a much higher price, mm-hmm. and there are not going to be investors that are lined up to buy those homes again. They're going to be homeowners that are yeah. going to live in it. So I think predictive-wise in the next five to ten years, you're going to see a lot less single-family homes available to investors. Avail- and if they're not available to investors, they won't be available to rent. And you're going to see a lot more of the rental community moving into multifamily um, because – housing is getting so expensive to live in your own single family home in the future and rent one out in those population areas mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, are almost going to be too hard t- or too expensive to yeah, rent to it's it. financial hardship. Yeah. For, yeah. So we're going to be growing up. The high rises <coughs> are coming and you're going to be, if you're renting, you're probably living on the fifth, seventh, eighth floor. Um, you know, I visited Turkey three years ago and in Turkey, you hardly have any single-family homes. You have all high-rises. Everybody lives in flats. They live up. You know, and I know yeah. New York and Chicago and a lot of those places are. But when I say no single-family homes, I mean, I'm driving through the country seeing no single-family homes. And I think um, I think the days of renting a single-family home in the next 10, 15 years are going to be very difficult for yeah. people. That's awesome. I appreciate uh, you sharing all these good insight. Um, especially as we talk about, you know, a- analogizing things. It's just uh, we all want to get in on the right wave. We want to we want to ride that wave for as long as we can and then get back to the beach and stick our toes in the sand, right? Hey, Relax we're almost May. I mean, we're almost yeah. 100 degrees out here. It's time to start thinking about surfing. That's right. So let's go <laughs> do it. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rent Perfect podcast. We always appreciate you here. We'd love to hear from you. Comment below. Give us a call. 
Um, we're just one big community trying to survive uh, some fun times, yeah. really. And, uh, and thanks again, and until next time, continue to rent. Perfect. <laughs>